0: Yeah, that's what fills me. It's time to plant our gardens, get ready for another year. Take advantage of this weather while the sky's still blue and clear. Corn and beans, squash and kale, I like to grow together. Save our seeds and keep them dry and we'll be eating right forever. and say hi to the sun you know we got a lot of work to do and there's enough for everyone the rain's gonna be coming soon we got a lot of wood to move we gotta keep this family dry if it's the only thing Swimming in the river at the end of the day I need an earth home on this planet To live out my days. My heart bends really in loves those simple ways Give me a simple life
1: communication, communion, common words, sounds thought out to verify this experience. Still down for it, still fighting that common thread, saying interacting, intersecting, interrelating with the people I meet. Entertaining and being entertained by the folks along the way. Support the native people, they'll watch out for you. Support the Latino people, their spirit will be with you. Support the Rastas, them dreadlock Rastas, and John will smile right down on you. Support the old folks, they'll bring the wisdom along. Support the kids, hip hop and punk rock and skanking too. Support the kids and you know they'll be right there by your side. Support the people, and they'll support you. Unite with the many to oppose a few. Feed the people, they'll feed you. Encourage one another, support one another, love one another, take down the walls, open the doors, get rid of the borders too. Families, bands, tribes, communities, I'll believe in that, but borders, just a line on their map. Find the common thread, let life flourish. The path leads within, and the path leads without, and the path should as lead, with you, brothers and sisters. So let's get on the same page, get out of the box, and push the envelope. The whole is greater than some of its parts. And we can do more together than any of us can do on our own. Thanks a lot, brothers and sisters. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Power of the people. Let's bring it back.
2: again to the other side my name is Bursting Bubbles Tanali, and we're exploring my collection of field recordings made at rainbow gatherings over the last 15 years or so if you're unfamiliar with rainbow gatherings well let's just say they're sort of a non-commercial temporary autonomous zone situated in a remote environment typically in the forest and mountains there are no star performers per se at rainbow we're all stars in our own movie and in the first hours movie um, I mean playlist we heard much campfire chat frogs crickets and so on and so forth we also heard songs and poems and the list of pocket trades er, I mean songs was we began with raccoon nature's cathedral then we heard Jerusalem Camp with Mount Zion. A poem by Anon, Touching Your Heart. Then we heard Shiloh Circle with Cream On Me. G-Funk with What Do You Do With The Trippin' Rainbow. The Feeders with She Feeds Me. Luix with Doteca, Song, Poem. Matthew and Yogi Bear with A Beaness. Ash Tree Divine with How you Been. Human with simple ways. We finished up with a poem by Diamond Dave. We are the ones. Alrighty, stay tuned for the second hour. We'll soon come.
0: Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman.
3: Let's watch a full length Song. I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to Carl. The French Duh, not the Duh Duh.
0: Let's watch a.
4: to l w a f l m o y t yes watch AAF full <laughs> hyphen not acknowledged L. M. movies O YT YouTube that's right our show is called let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube unless you would like to subscribe and of course if you'd like to subscribe and use our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We're on Sundays, every Sunday, on the beautiful Mutiny MutinyRadio.fm, the greatest, the gem of the Mission District, a lot of great entertainment. We're on every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Why don't you listen to Mutiny Radio? Why don't you donate money to Mutiny Radio? Go to Venmo and donate at Mutiny Radio. This is Let's Watch a full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl.
3: Hi Mike, we are back again with the greatest premise in the world. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube, but not just any movie. These are movies you always wanted to see, but you had to wait for the existence of YouTube to get the right. chance.
4: Oh, I've read about these books. I know everybody's opinion about St. Nicholas Rogue, but I don't I haven't seen his movies. So what what yeah. am I? But thanks to YouTube, I can. And because we're Raging Narcissists, we want you to join us. Some of these movies are <laughs> tough to watch alone. So listen to our podcast and watch the movie on YouTube at the same time. Bingo. What a great concept that came up with. Anyway, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> yeah. girl, what is the movie this week?
3: today we are watching performance 1970 performance is the name but i want you to search for and i'm sorry audience to ask you to but uh, you know it's important you get the right one because others have commercials and uh, there's not a full cut it is performance parentheses d dot camel right i don't think there's a space d dot c-a-m-m-e-l-l Probably, if you put that in, you'll come up with. It. Then it says, comma N. nineteen seventy. Anyway, the channel is Eris. It's A I R E S I S. So okay. put in performance. If you put in performance nineteen seventy, you got to scroll way down before you find Eris's channel.
4: It actually showed up first for me, but you know you're.
3: uh, uh well we. Yeah, I guess everyone has their own personal experience when you use these search engines. But the title is performance, parentheses, D.camel, N.roig-1970, close parentheses. And it's A-I-R-E-S-I-S is our channel.
4: Eris. All right. Well, we sound like we have enough to get to this link. So go ahead. We're looking for performance with the parentheses with those actors and directors listed uh, on Eris. Go find the link. Click it. Hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. And when we say go, hit play. Carl, I'm really excited. We have a celebrity comedian countdown today. We have a celebrity comedian doing the countdown. I haven't heard the segment, which you have to read. Uh, Take it away, Carl. Ladies
3: and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Troy Moore.
5: What's up, Carl? what's going on man welcome to the show thank you for Thanks joining for having I always me, want dude. more of troy and here you are. <laughs> what's so going on
3: i wanted to ask you about like my son goes to rowan and i understand that's where you were going when you fell into comedy how did that that's... start
5: so yeah man i was uh i went to rowan graduated in uh i think it was 2012 2013 i I know for sure I did one year over what I was supposed to do mm-hmm. so not sure of the exact year I got out of there, but it was five. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's when I started doing standup. It was uh, I was actually in a fraternity and there was like a talent show that the fraternity was involved with and for some reason they the guy who uh, was supposed to do whatever act he was planning on doing to represent us kind of had to back out at the last minute. Uh-huh. So I was basically, uh, like, the guys knew that I was writing for that time, and I was still a pledge at that point. I wasn't in yet. So I was basically, like, kind of uh, just told, like, all right, you're going up, and you're doing your comedy that night. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I, I basically was hazed into doing stand-up, um, which, you know, looking back on it, may have some legal repercussions. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, nah, man, it, it went good. For my first time because it was like all jokes that kind of uh were based on living in the frat house at that yeah. point in time and and it was a lot of people in the crowd that were involved in that. Um, like the, the Greek life on campus. So I, I got a good response. And then uh, you know, I had been writing a year prior before I actually did it. So I, I always knew that I wanted to do it. Uh-huh. And then that just kind of lit a fire under my ass and after that, man, it was you know, I was looking up open mics mainly around Philly, uh, but there were a couple in Glassboro in the college town that I was right, you know, going to. Um there there used to be one at this uh bowling alley, the um Glassboro Lanes right there on Delsey Drive. I don't know if your if your son yeah, will I go has down or there. Yeah, man, that, that bar, Kegler's, used to have a mic every Sunday. Uh a guy named Jimmy Graham ran it. Uh, round boy jimmy graham he plays the cove sometimes but mm-hmm. uh that's you know af- after that man i i got out of there and then it became uh going to helium and philly they had a, like a a tuesday mic where you would sign up online and you didn't always get in but it was the room to go to you know to like kind of with polished open mic material uh-huh. um you wanted to be seen at helium and I never really worked for them. I never got in there, but it was, it was still a good place. It's, you know, they do that Philly's Funniest Contest every year. I always participated in that and it was, uh, you know, definitely a good starting point. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I did the Cove a couple of times, even while I was living in South Jersey, just driving up, hitting the Mm -hmm. open mic and, you know, fast forward to almost nine years later and here we are, me and you sitting down doing the podcast. So. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, so you opened for Gilbert Godfrey, you're touring with Jay Black, I mean, you've really come, uh, right. you know, to a high place, although and I, I do... am noticing you're, like, playing a lot of weird gigs,
5: though, like. Oh, uh, yeah, man, yeah, there's more weird gigs than, you know, like, <laughs> known establishments that you play, Um well, you'll be in Pitts Grove, New Jersey, a Sports Bar and Liquor Store. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right at home there, let me tell you. That's my target audience. That's way down by
3: Vineland. It's all, it's on all yeah, the way man. to Cape May. It's below the Mason Dixon line. It's really out
5: there. I just I just came up from that way too. I got off a uh, vacation in Wildwood. We yeah. we went down there last week and so I'll be going right back down, you know, but, uh, that's, that's the life, man. You gotta, you can't be afraid to drive. Um, well,
3: yeah. And you drive to Pennsylvania all the time because I'm checking out your bookings and you've got like Irwinna PA, Bucks County, yeah. the Rocky <laughs> theater. You're in Newton PA. Damn yeah, man! Like what
5: brings you out to Pennsylvania? Is it starting around Philly area? Yeah. I mean, believe it or not though, the, uh, the the most recent one, the Newtown Theater and uh even the Roxy. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was booked through a guy who is actually um he's a North Jersey-based uh booker for the comedy shop. Um is the, the name of the, the club. Uh What's so they the got a couple of rooms. Mm-hmm. And he's got he's got the the Newtown Theater, the Roxy Theater, uh books those. So it's uh just like Throughout the years, I guess, you know, working with different comedians and they'll kind of pass your name along to these guys that are putting shows on all over the state. And, you know, if, you, if you're if you lucky enough to get in there, work for them and do a good job, then, yeah, I mean, you could, like the farthest I've ever went for a gig will be uh, Harrisburg is actually uh-huh. coming yeah. up on the 9th. I think I'm there on a Thursday. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's that just came from work in, you know, the cabaret rooms down in northeast Philly and Doylestown, uh, where I used to do open mics at. I met the the woman who books that show. So she's also got, you know, rooms uh I mean, mainly around Harrisburg, but you know, the mm-hmm. Western PA and I really haven't been out that way. But that's uh it's just all about, you know, networking and
3: yeah, who you know through networking and getting up there yeah. and doing your A stuff, even if it's an open mic, because you right. know people are watching who could book you later. I gotcha.
0: Wow. So
3: I wanted to ask you about this one joke. It's really funny, I think. I won't tell the joke, but in the joke, the, part of the premise, the setup, is that your parents lied to you that you were <laughs> allergic to shellfish. They lied to right? you so they could save money.
5: Like I mean, right? Is that true? so it's it's a little fabricated it wasn't to save money um but my mom did tell me when i was younger that because you know she was allergic and her dad was allergic that i i never really was able to have it like they wouldn't order it right. for me at dinner or like it was like a whole world of food i feel like i was kind of hindered from <laughs> until i met this italian girl from north jersey where yeah. you know You're having calamari, you're having mussels and marinara sauce. And like, so I did, I did try shellfish for the first time when I was with her. Uh, It wasn't like, as the joke goes to, you know like a suicide attempt um which is <laughs> you know <laughs> i love it Yeah, right right <laughs> but um it, it's a little fabricated but it, it does have that underlying truth to it so it, it came where, yeah, from I
3: mean, a true place
5: yeah oh, totally yeah and my mom made me a total hypochondriac my whole life man like mm-hmm. i'm just with with the pandemic and all now like i I've i've been in a a, a much better place i think back when i was being lied to than now when i'm an adult with all this downloaded fear i have in me <laughs> yeah. you know but uh it's just i'm trying to take it one day at a time and yeah uh, i i will i will uh eat shrimp from time to time now i know i'm not allergic so yeah you're uh, not
3: yeah
5: <laughs> you gotta grow you know That's no uh, need to be selfish <laughs> with the shellfish you can <laughs> handle it <laughs> So Troy, tell me, where can
3: people find you out there on the internet? Where can they find you on social media so that they can see clips of you, go see your shows? Where can people get in touch?
5: Oh man, I, I'm a big fan of Twitter. Um, I you know, like I said before, I use it as a, a way to get away from the the Facebook, you know, just grandmas on Facebook. Literally, yeah literally. Uh my mother. So I I like to keep them in the loop about my shows, don't get me wrong, but I I feel like Twitter's the place where I can kind of let my hair down a little bit (laughs) and, uh, you know, get away with saying a little bit more. Um, But it's it's at Troy, T-R-O-Y underscore Moore, M-O-O-R-E is my my Twitter handle. Right. Now it's two O's, M-O-O-R-E, Troy underscore M-O-O-R-E. Yep, that's it, man. And I'm on Twitter, and I, I love Twitter. Um, And I I don't use it for much more than, you know, like posting show dates and stuff, but I'm a big, big Phillies Eagles fan. I know that's not the popular thing to be (laughs) up in the clubs we're working up here in North Jersey, but I I welcome the hate. So any North Jersey Giants, Jets fans, come on down and feel free to troll me, Uh, you know.
3: They will try. Twitter is for twit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I welcome it, man. (laughs) Okay, so now we are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube, and everyone at home is going to press play exactly when we do here in the studio, and you are going to kick us off. So why don't you give us that celebrity comedian countdown?
5: All right, here we go. You ready? Three, two, one, go.
4: Oh right, a kiss is but a kiss, not a kiss. As time goes on. I
2: have
4: have to say, man, this new Warner Media logo—it's not as exciting as the previous Time Warner companies or AOL Time Warner company. The previous Warner Brothers uh, promos are better. All right. Hey, we're just
3: start with the airplane. Why?
4: Because we're rocketing. It's the first image. It's a moving picture. We see. I guess so. You got to understand the flow. Look, there's sex involved. The fancy Uh cars, just right off the bat.
3: Now, right off the bat, yes, there's sex involved, and I think this is the first mistake of the movie because. Oh, oh, you got notes. Yeah, it's split into two sections. Uh, The beginning is the life of a gangster, and then the second section is that same gangster now on the run, and that's when all the sex and debauchery happens. So. I think it a mistake of the filmmakers to start this way. I guess what they're trying to say is, this guy that you're about to see, his name is Chaz, is the gangster. Now, he's he's not he a boss, he's a thug, but he's right. living the life he loves. And that's what talking
4: girls. Oh, I was wondering if that was a cocaine straw in his hand, but it's just, like, it's just Mick Jagger looking at himself.
3: Look, he's watching himself in the mirror as What's he... his... Yeah. What's it his... though? No? Uh I, I really think that uh this was the first mistake of the movie. Now, this movie doesn't make too many mistakes, but uh to compartmentalize, I think it would have been better if we had just seen him in a very straight way.
4: Um well, it's as straight as you can get, right?
3: It's, it's a <laughs> I don't mean sexually straight. I mean like nineteen fifties straight and then he gets hit by the nineteen sixties debauchery is see
4: No I need I need to know up front, is this picture moving? So I see an airplane going and I'm like Christ get out of the way there then I go, oh it's just a moving picture. Right. I mean, right. It, but will there be sex? And then to have it cut rapidly. Uh I know that the answer, there's yes. Hey you got a cigarette?
3: Now, the second mistake of the film, I think, is still the same as the first one. He gets up in the morning to the alarm clock with some bird, and I don't know why. We see his, like, morning routine. It's not required for the film. Now, this was a novice director times two. Uh, it wasn't a novice film writer, but uh, maybe that's the mistake that they made in in uh, being novices They really gained from being novices Because if you don't know anything You don't know what not to try Because you haven't been there before So that gave them a lot of freedom
4: Right, like you're not supposed to show butts In the first five minutes, but,
3: you know, <laughs> here we go There's a crack in that mirror Yeah I did that joke at the open mic, by the way, it worked
4: Oh yeah? Did they, did they cheer? Get a standing ovation for that? <laughs> no,
3: I didn't get a standing
4: ovation Just got some chuckles did you get notes from Dawn? I didn't appreciate being singled out. <laughs> the crack of Dawn. The crack of Dawn. I didn't appreciate it. Yes, I have a crack. We all do. Side Dawn. <laughs> get over it. <laughs> now, this is back when you could have a flabby body. This is considered flabby, right?
3: Uh, this was considered uh, a body <laughs> that would fit back then.
4: Oh, fuck this lark. Man, that's it. full that's right.
3: Well, he's not a regular smoker. He was just smoking on a lark.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to get cigarettes? No, no, honey. I'm just going to go take a walk around the lark. Oh, God damn it.
3: Oh, because you're a lark? Yeah. I get it. I get it.
4: I think I smoked lark cigarettes. Have you lark? No, I never did. Maybe unfiltered when you were 12? unfiltered lark.
3: Now, this guy, I know his face. You see the guy on the left? He's the lawyer.
4: I don't know. Give me a second. All right. I mean, so, these are young faces, too. I mean, it's 1970,
3: so... Yeah. Well, it's... Guess what? It's actually 1968. The film was so gross to Warner Brothers, they didn't release it. They had three... Times they re edited it to re- look. When they showed this uh, film, uh, the screening, one of the executives' wives threw up. <laughs> the, the people are screaming at the screen. They were like, Even the bathwater is dirty. You'll see later when we get there.
4: I heard this movie was so bad. Rick uh, uh Rick Schneider was in the audience going, What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Should I get that? Who's Rick Schneider? Shit, who's this, the comedian for Saturday Night Live? Oh Rob um, Rob Schneider. Oh yeah, this
3: movie's so bad. I even Rob Schneider hated it. See, guy, and Rob Schneider, like, Schneider walked out. You see, this would so, I, I did
4: that the first time. I'm missing what you're saying, but Oh, I had a really funny joke. I said this movie is so bad, even Rob Schneider said, What the fuck am I watching? This? <laughs> I knew that joke. <laughs> So much is happening yeah. on the screen, I got to tell you, okay?
3: We're being intercut. There's a lawyer in a trial, and he's defending uh, a, a mobster, a gangster, you know? This is a typical, like, we're going to give you broken window insurance. He goes, what does broken window insurance do for me? It ensures that we don't break your windows, you know? That's what's going on here, Uh you added a, it was like it's like protection money, and we're seeing that James Fox, that's our actor here. His name's Chaz, is the guy to go to if you want something done in the gangster world.
4: Now, is Chaz the guy with the glasses?
3: Chaz is not. Chaz is the guy who we know from um...
4: The Rolling Stones. <laughs> All
3: right,
4: here it is. Now, this was after Aldamont, right? Aldemont? Uh, I don't remember what... You, know, you remember that the Rolling Stones did like well, a live... That was the game? riot with the,
3: with the Hells Angels. I re- I know what you're talking about, but I don't know I what... The know was
4: 69, so it must have been after the movie was shot.
3: Ah, Patriot Games. Do you remember Patriot Games with Harrison Ford? Hmm? Yeah, that's where I know this actor from. <laughs> it's Ch- chaz is was the uh like ambassador or something in patriot games and that's the only thing i know him from he was in sexy beast he was in charlie and the chocolate factory the one with um uh the, the newer one he was in passage yeah. india he's been in a lot of films i've seen all those movies Greystoke, or- yeah the mighty quinn russia house i mean he's mickey blue eyes he was everywhere
4: yeah, those are all big. Those are all big movies except for Mickey Big Eyes, a blue eyes.
3: Mickey Blue Eyes. Damn it, I gotta get my joke right. That was Sonny, yeah. from Godfather, and Mister Heartthrob.
4: Uh, Mike Spegel. Oh, I know who you're talking about. The British guy.
3: <laughs> yeah, the blue British brat. guy. Right. He was in uh, Diary of. Um, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. We're going too fast. Do you recognize this face from?
4: No, Mickey Blue Eyes. I don't. This guy. I'm sorry, the, the
3: director's just hopping all over. I can't even say this guy because he's passed by the time we get to him.
4: A lot of quick edits in this, huh?
3: In the beginning.
4: In the beginning.
3: Oh, then it slows down to a crawl? Well, until this acid trip, but it doesn't slow down to a crawl. Things aren't 100% polar opposites.
4: Wait, just why saying. are they? Why do we, like, the only way we get to watch sex is with these guys? It's creepy.
3: Well, if it's 1970, the only way you got to watch sex is on the movies, yeah. So this is a porno house, and it's yet another place in which he's going to muscle a person. You owe us money just for being here. You want to operate here, you got to pay the man.
4: Now, we're big fans of 1960s swinging London movie houses. I agree. One of our our favorite movies we did was Starship Venus. It's just just the gift I kept on giving, I think. It was a good film. This alien lands on Earth uh, becomes a nation
3: naked... Piccadilly Circus, right?
4: Yes, right, Piccadilly Circus, right in the heart of this. And uh, they, they go to she goes to porn theaters, porn shops, the home in It's a great movie.
3: It's a great movie if you're listening
4: to our commentary. I mean... oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> comparison ghosts of Mississippi, it's not a good movie. <laughs>
3: so much compared to okay now this is the lawyer who was being this is the lawyer who's defending this guy right and basically he's saying you know do not involve us in. you take the rap do not involve the big guy um in your trial don't even talk about him or we're gonna fuck you up let me put on the english accents
4: yeah,
3: right. And then then the lawyer guy's got his his
4: posh English accent, you know. Right, right, there's two different types of accents we got. It.
3: Now, as you know, I've spent years living in London. Okay.
4: Yes, I know. You yeah. well, you know the area inside out. So probably watching a film like this, which takes place in London, you probably Yeah, start-
3: I do. Like, for instance, this is clearly King's Bench Walk. King's Bench Walk in Holborn.
4: Hasn't changed. Evergreen.
3: Right. I mean, the trees are a little taller. Uh good old Holborn. I remember those days.
4: now he is a great director just look how this shot is set up it's just so beautiful you know you have this conversation you got another person observing it you got us observing that person uh it's just this is he's a really good director like i just
3: yeah but i want to make clear about it okay first of all it's true he has a director's credit okay but real don't come out listen this nicholas roig was a great cinematographer and the only person in this production who's like had film experience was in the industry. He's responsible for all these beautiful shots. He's responsible for the look and the feel of the film. But yeah. Donald Kamel, he wrote it. It was his vision. He got the Stones involved. He he was a novice director. He's the real director of this film, directing the actors, um, consulting with Noeg about... Which way, you
4: know, how to set up the shot for the look they're going for. Gotcha. Even look at this shot. I mean, just visually and just telling a story, just the way the camera kind of moves to this angle. It's, it's, uh, he, his films are hypnotic because it doesn't flow the way it should, you know, but it still tells a story.
3: Mm-hmm. By the way, this represented a large, large amount of the money of the budget. They have a real Rolls Royce here, and they're fucking it up. That's the acid he's putting on the Rolls Royce? Yes. Now, he's about to put it on the driver, and he goes, hey, we've only got us a gallon and a half. He goes, all right. Next time. And he continues to put it on the Rolls Royce. They fuck this Rolls Royce paint job
4: up. I, I feel like I'm at Edison's Nickelodeon watching this image going, oh, shit. Get out. <laughs> the, the toxic fumes are going to kill us all. Like, this is what I want to see in entertainment. I want to see cars when you just rolls around. I love those Edison films there. Remember the one with the guy sneezing? Oh, my God. I got out of the way twice. I think I got COVID from that. <laughs> do you remember the Hasidic guy peeing? Great. <clears throat> oh, my God. Do you remember, like, that New Jersey train was coming right at us, and then they robbed it? Whoa.
0: Ooh, it's it a, a great train,
4: train robbery. robbery. Great train robbery.
3: So, Donald Camel was a Scottish painter, screenwriter, and film director. Uh, His cult reputation comes from this film, Performance. He moved to Paris in 61 to write screenplays. He wrote The Touchable, and then he collaborated with Harry Joe Brown Jr. I don't know what that is called, Duffy. There was a caper movie directed by, it was an artistic failure. It frustrated Camel to the point in which he decided he himself would direct. I write a script and you fuck it up on the, on the screen, I'm going to direct. He became friends with Anita Pallenberg. Now, Anita Pallenberg, she is such a part of the Rolling Stones and yeah, their cool. lives before they were famous and after.
4: I have to, I have to, I would be remiss not to say, well, I want a gold toilet, but it's not going to happen. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Right.
3: Is that because of the, po- that was por- not porcelain?
4: No, and Austin Powers, too, the spy who shags me, he oh. to the name Humble Lot. And his response is, Well, I want a toilet made out of solid gold. But it's just not in the cards, baby. It's just not in the cards, baby. Grr, baby. Yeah, maximum uh-huh. Grr. Uh-huh. You know, I have an IMDb credit thanks to Mr. Austin Powers, but uh-huh. so I'm, not, I'm not here to slag, but those movies are bad. Do they age well? Hmm. Uh, I think they probably will because they're so super
3: silly. Oh, I right, like but... that. Joey Maddox shop. Gosh, my years uh, of experience living in London, you know, let me yes. you know, just as I've walked past that shop a million times. Why? If it isn't
4: 469 Fulham Road in Fulham. You know? Oh, uh, oh, it's, you pronounce it Fulham. There's six syllables you forgot. When I was in Fulham, I would go into the butcher shop and they said,
3: Oh, Mr. how'd you here for your bacon? I said, No, give me the full ham.
4: They gave him, yeah, right. Well, I'll
3: take the, the lot,
4: boys. boys. <laughs> I have a similar story when I was at Quarterham.
3: I uh, do <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. I'll take the chops and legs, please. Just a quarter. A quarter? So are they, like, scheming something? Okay, this
3: guy you're seeing, who's the boss... He is a real-life criminal. He was also an actor. He was also an actor, but he was a real-life criminal. As a matter of fact, one time, he came to the set after a night of drinking and fighting. He had bitten a guy's finger off, and he had it in a little
4: matchbook. Wait, this guy? Yes, this guy. This guy can't even hurt a fly he bit a guy's finger off and brought it to the set the next day well put a little
3: bit put a few pints in him eh he's got his might
4: oh man i would hate to be that guy I'd be like where's my finger oh the guy who bit it off brought it on set
3: <laughs> i was gonna flip him the bird and i was like hey something's missing
0: here
4: that's my finger i should get credit for it i should be the one bringing it
3: in except the thing is they don't flip the bird in england right they do that two-figure Finger like reverse oh, right. peace sign and it curls a little
4: is that what it is a reverse
3: peace sign right no not on purpose I was just describing it it's yeah, like yeah. this is my like my fingers up your naughty parts is what they're saying
4: yeah up your nostrils what are you a fucking <laughs> sweat hog? Yeah, right. two fingers up your nostril hey get a rubber hose and stick it up your nose okay <sighs> so what we're learning
3: now is this guy Joey Maddox Joey Maddox has a shop, you know, that I saw was on Fulham Road and he's going to join. He's going to do a merger with us and we're going to pay us protection money. Right. But but the thing is, Chaz has a long time childhood uh, fight with this Joey Maddox. And so the boss is saying you're not the one to lean on him for. The merger for protection money not at all because you have a personal history with this guy well that's pissing Chaz off he wants to be the strong arm to fuck up joey Maddock, and he gotcha. denied listen this guy you don't recognize him from patriot games he certainly was older
4: well i would give him that much and it's nice to see a, a gentleman in the 70s a 1970 british movie being an american blockbuster in his life. <laughs> no, he's just one of those faces. I don't remember much about Patriot Games. Oh, okay. They have to be quiet because Russians are singing in the submarine next door.
3: <laughs> no,
4: that's right. Weren't they hunting for Red October in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, n- no. What
3: Patriot Games was, was the um, Jack Ryan novel series, one of the earlier times when I think it was the second one, and it was about the IRA people coming to United States. Uh, no, I think they were in England, right? He was he was an ambassador in England. Yeah, they show up every... Doesn't F- matter. Oh, I... Now, the thugs have fucked up Joey Maddox. Um, and that's Joey Maddox right there. And he's like, telling the cop, I don't want to press charges. Do you understand? Why? Because of the protection thing? Yeah, like because it's a mobster and if he's if he tries to get him like arrested or something, forget it. That'll never happen and he'll get killed. So he's like, nothing happened here, Copper. Keep walking. It's a porcelain toilet, it is. <laughs> now uh, who should show up to his old childhood rival, but Jazz? fucking Joey Maddox, isn't it? No, he's not supposed to be there.
4: He's not supposed to be there. Can he's I say something weird. controversial? May I hot take? Chaz is a perfectly su- serviceable nickname. I wrote a screenplay and my main hero was Chaz. Was it short for Charles?
3: No, I just made him Chaz and I put in a Z. I don't know what it was
4: short for. Does he say, it's time for some Chaz and that's a symbolic? great
3: idea. I, I, it's about five years old, but I could amend it.
4: Yeah. Oh, hey, I have an idea. We have to amend our screenplay to National lampoon's open Micros. Oh,
3: yes? Okay. Yeah.
4: I'm always open for that. Well, we should apply that there's a coronavirus going on, but nobody wears a mask. Okay. And every once in a while, there'll be someone in the background with a mask.
3: That's the big edit? Fine.
4: We'll do it. Great. Hey, perfect. We're on board. <laughs> and as always, podcast audience, don't take our movies, our screenplay idea. Thanks. Right. Don't
3: take the idea of, uh, first of all, licensing it from National Lampoon just because, yeah, I want to have that. And then yeah, the idea. saga of two friends who are open micers make it, you know, as people around them become famous, it's their long journey yes. of, of losership. Don't steal our idea. And then they make it in the end because it's a Hollywood movie. Don't steal our idea.
4: Don't steal our idea. Except one guy gets an epiphany and realizes it's all bullshit. And that he's just as happy without it. But don't steal no, our that, idea. No. Okay,
3: look, we got to talk about that. Because that's yeah. one guy who goes off. I don't get your message. Quit comedy. Quit comedy. You'll feel better. I don't get your message. And then don't forget what happens in the end. He comes back.
4: Right. That's right. And he's anxious. He can't wait to do his set.
3: No, wait. Let's hear these accents, okay? All right.
4: Yeah, enjoy world. That's the end of it. You think he does, he? Oh, I do. I get a load of kicks out of it. Which can be a good thing, Chase. Putting a little stick about Putting the fighters yeah. on, flash little twerps.
3: Leave it on, leave it on. Awesome.
4: This is some good dialogue.
0: Leave it on, nice. leave it on.
4: All right, I will.
1: And it can slip your mind. Go bloody working for me, you, Burke!
3: Okay, what good. Burke. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted you to catch <laughs> well, that. Mean... Look how happy Joey is. Oh,
1: the business. The business That's what I mean. Great first time, then. In which you're a cog,
3: boy. A cog <laughs> in the wheel of our I mob business. I
1: know what I am. And it's a business of business.
4: Oh, this is great. It's okay. the business of mm-hmm. business. He's a Burke. Yeah. God I hate being called Burke. Listen, what a poshy Burke geezer he was. You could call me in Oakland, you could call me in San Francisco, but how dare you? Don't call me a... Oh, Burbank? No,
3: Berkeley. Oh, I'm not a Burke. Do you see Birkenstocks on my feet?
4: Do you see me annoying people? No, oh, I'm not from Berkeley.
3: Have I showered today? Yes. This
4: yes, is that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't shower in Berkeley. It's the, the bane of Alameda County. So this is,
3: I'm,
4: so gonna have, I'm gonna have got, yeah, gonna, this movie. <laughs>
3: okay, okay. What I want you to know, because it's critical for a, a turning point, is he told him not to get involved. Chaz was like, this mobster stuff is my life. I'm doing what I want. He'll be happy later that I stepped in and showed him I could use my, you know, my personal feelings weren't involved. But they were. So He really got his ass chewed out. Now, Joey – okay, wait. I think we're about to see Mick.
4: Oh, the guy throwing paints
3: everywhere? Well, no. See, Joey Maddox has now broken into Chaz's apartment and fucked it up, and he's going to beat the shit out of Chaz because he thinks if the mob boss – whose name is Mr. Flowers. If he thinks if the mob boss is down on Joey – you know, I can get uh, down on Chaz. I can get away with it.
4: Oh, all right. But I like how the guy drives through this like tunneled alley and with this weird like, and it's cut to all this bloody stuff.
3: Right. Now we, i said, I think Mick, we're, we're going to see Mick painting the walls. And the reason is that the studio was like, you you know, you guys wait 45 minutes until we see Mick Jagger, that he's the star, you know, he's-
0: Right.
4: He's
3: the only, that's why this people will come to see this. So they're trying to put him in early and it was dumb. It, it was out of context. He was spray painting his house or something. Now look, they're going to whip him. Okay. Wow. So he goes, don't kill him. Don't kill him. This is just teaching him a lesson.
4: So all this violence, shaving the guy's head while a car burns acid, whipping a guy. This just seems all practical to me.
3: The acid stuff was like, if you pay us money each week. Everything will be cool. And we got to show that to you. This whipping we're seeing is because Joey's pissed off. The mob came in, taking over his business. They're going to take half of it. And then this old childhood rival shows up thinking he can push him around. This is the only way Joey can have any power over his own world is by beating this guy up. That Here's Mick. Did you see him?
4: He doesn't look like Mick at all. Uh, Wait, where? Yeah, yeah,
3: they keep cutting too fast. I can't even. I think I'm gonna surrender. Is that Mick? I'm not answering that stupid question. Is that Mick
4: Jagger? Come on, I'm
3: not. No, No, that's Charlie Watts.
4: Uh, oh, the late Charlie Watts who passed away.
3: Yeah, he's just passed, and uh, you know, it was not like it's not expected, but uh.
4: Well, you know, uh, Pete, Pete Townsend called Mick Jagger and he says, well, you guys got to go do a farewell tour now. <laughs> right. As soon as the drummer dies, Pete's on the yeah. Hey, listen, what do you do? Sit around morning. Go on road.
3: It was just the bloke who beat his skins. What's everyone blubbering about?
4: Now, when we were in high school in the 1980s, that's when the Who started their farewell tours, right? Yeah. Okay, wait. I want to tell you
3: that Chaz was feigning fainting, right. He was pretending he got knocked out all so that he could take him by surprise. And now he's done it. So now he's got Joey at gunpoint. Do you know that song uh, by Taylor Swift? And it goes, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. I was trying to do a parody of either Kiss or The Who, in which they claim this is our final farewell tour. (laughs) <laughs> They're with the reporters going. We're never, ever, ever, and then the next verse they do, and then at the reporters interview they go, "We are never, that, like for like ever."
4: That's so funny. Yeah, because can't pull it together yet. Carl, I have to get more coffee. Uh, hold, I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Okay, so James Fox
3: is our star here he is chaz and to prepare for the role um donald camel the director uh got him hooked up with real life mob guys in london uh let's see here he is an english actor well-known acting family notable films king rat the servant thoroughly modern millie He quit the screen for several years to become an evangelical Christian. Now, right after this movie, although he swears it had nothing to do with the movie. um, As a matter of fact, he speaks to it. and Maybe we'll get to that later in the podcast. But uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys know Patriot Games and you know his face because he's been around. Okay, Gene Fox previously cast another rather uppercut. Crust roles. eventually, well, I'll tell you about Marlon Brando later, spent several months in South London among the criminal underworld researching his role. Director Donald Campbell arranged for James Fox to spend time with real East London gangsters to prepare his character. David Liventoff, credited as dialogue coach and technical advisor, but actually pretty much mob liaison, made sure he didn't get into real trouble. Um, and this involves hanging out with the Cray Brothers. You might have known that movie. The Cray Brothers were real life very famous gangsters back in the day. And Camel cast some real life crooks in this film. We already talked about one of them. Uh, Fox shares how intense preparation was. He immersed himself in his role as Hitman Chaz. I spent hours in the gym just being around those guys. You know, the criminals helped me find Chaz. I met Ronnie Cray. You had a haircut and clothes I took to wearing and living in the area. It felt quite great and liberating, actually.
4: Man, that's awesome.
3: Yeah, so he was a real-life mob thug for a while, although someone was with him to make sure he didn't get his ass beat. Okay, Mike, what you missed is he's now killed Joey Maddox. That is not going to make the boss happy. Also, cops are going to be involved, so Chaz has got to go on the run.
4: Did they want Joey dead, or they didn't? They
3: didn't like. Oh, no, they, like, they they took over Joey's business. Said they were making him a partner. So basically, what happened is Joey was extorted. Right? You 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 work for us and run your business, and pretty much just pay us half your money, or we're going to kill you. So no, the mob did not want Joey killed. They just lost a bunch of investment.
4: Oh, you definitely have to go on the land for that.
3: Now he's no no, he's not on the lamb from the mob. He's on the lamb from I might have said that and I misspoke because he will be on the lamb from the mob as soon as he hangs up this phone call. Gotcha. He, he calls the mobster. Now why are they in the boss's bedroom while he's sleeping? They call him the, the,
4: the boss is looking at a porno magazine Yeah.
3: Why did you look at like at a porno magazine? And if you couldn't do anything about your big boner that was to follow, because there's a bunch of mobsters hanging out in your bedroom. It makes no sense.
4: It's awkward because the mobsters are like, hey, uh, boss, are you done with that magazine? (laughs) I got to use the
3: restroom. There's no (laughs) toilet paper. Let me use the magazine.
4: Yeah. We don't have any toilet paper. Uh, Do you have any tissues? No, no problem. I got a sock. I got a sock.
3: So... Chaz does what he should do. He checks in with his work. He checks in with the boss. I got to get off the street, you say. And then he gets the feeling from this phone call. They're going to kill him.
4: Oh, my God. They use Kentucky Fried Chicken baskets for uh, lamp, lampshades.
3: Oh, is that? I, I missed it. Is that
4: what it looks like? Yeah, we'll like? have to. Let's rewind the film. Okay. Hold on, audience. I rewind. We're backing up. It's on the other side of the bed. We haven't seen it yet. It's not, that's not it. That's not it. Not is that- it. not it? That's her tassels? It's- there it is! Look! It's right there!
3: Ah! Like the red thing. and white stripes. Yeah. What do you do with a mad dog? Well, you put him to sleep, don't you?
4: So you put mad dogs to bed. Yeah. Put him down. Do, do 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 The porpoise is laughing. Goodbye. <laughs>
3: goodbye. Goodbye. That's two episodes ago. Don't bring it back up.
4: Oh, I loved it. I had a great time watching I it. I know I want to watch it again. Yeah. Just to
3: torture the audience. Today <laughs> we're doing head for the third time.
4: Oh, uh, enough head. <laughs> yeah. No head so from Chrome Mike. Look, he he ruined the first volume of the phone book.
3: Yeah, he he was absentmindedly drawing a stick fig uh, a figure, and then after the phone call, he realized he was going to get killed. So he turned it into like a hangman and crossed it out, which means I'm going to be dead if I don't skedaddle now.
4: Well, wow, we that was that was a good that was a good phone book day. Is what I'm trying to say. Like he had a very productive day with that phone book. Oh, look, it's some Rolls-Royce after the acid.
3: No, it's a different Rolls-Royce. The Rolls-Royce all throughout this film. And um, that's the uh, car of choice for this film. And all my years in London tell me... Yes. <laughs> oh, goodness, if I haven't parked under that bridge and smoked me a fag a couple million times, I'll tell you.
4: Oh, if I haven't wiped red paint on my face.
3: It's going to go on his hair. He is now. uh, There's okay. There's Mick spray painting his room.
4: Yeah, about time.
3: Yeah. And his appearance in this film is super early. So the audience knows, oh, Mick will be in it. Now, look what he did. He put actual, literal paint in his hair. And now he's cleaning it up with gasoline. Does
4: this. Yeah, because we've watched him really destroy a car. And then this guy walks into a car with gasoline. But it's not for the car. It's for his head. Right.
3: It's weird. This guy has an oil-based paint. Oh, he's calling his mother right now. What does his mother say? He's clearly in Wandworth's town railway station.
4: Clearly. In Wandsworth, London. Clearly. Would anyone with your years of experience in London just living there? Yeah. Now, is this really London? I haven't seen a single Ferris wheel.
3: <laughs> One time I drove into Texas with a co-worker. He was from uh, Afghanistan. Uh, he was from Pakistan. And we rolled into Texas. You know, we crossed the board and he goes, there's no horses. What's Where are all the horses? Oh, right, yeah. Like you go to London.
4: Where are all the street urchins? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Fagan, where's your street urchin? I'm not pagan. How come no one's cleaning a chimney? Well, it's funny too because you look at London now, and it looks like you wouldn't be able to live in it. Like it, like this seems like an area you could live in, right? Like well, a it's
3: shooting. a train station. Yeah. Like uh, let me tell you what's going on here because our film will now sort of cut in half. Okay. okay. So he goes to the train station to go to his aunt's house. Um, and instead, he's overhearing this like uh, Jimi Hendrix look-alike person talk to his mother, and they're uh, you know, his mother's white. I I don't know. Maybe
4: I mean, I'm adopted. So it's, not Chaz, it's not Chaz's mom. It's, it's Jimmy's mom.
3: It's Jimmy's mom, and he's talking about Mick Jagger. He's saying there's a guy named Turner. It, it's 81 Powis Square. There's a you know. My stuff's in the basement. I own 41 quid. So I'm going to Liverpool to do these gigs. And I'll mail it back. 41 quid as soon as I get it to Mick. And Mick said it was okay. Because his whole life is there. All his gear. All his stuff. It's all in that basement apartment. So Jazz is overhearing this. And he's going to go to 81 Power Square. Uh, which in real life is 25 Power Square. Don't try to scam me, movie, And he will pretend... That he's Jimmy's friend with the 41 quid, and Jimmy said he could stay in the basement. This is how he's going to totally disappear, and the mobsters won't, they won't know where he is. He's hiding in a basement right in London.
4: Right. Well, he's got it all planned out.
3: Yeah, and his plan changed in one second. So now this becomes, instead of like the mob life, it's like life on the run.
4: Again, like the, like the monkeys, right? First half, there's a yeah, thought. Yeah, they do something.
3: Now, you see that little girl? Did you see that little girl with the dogs? Yeah. Yeah, that was Mick Jagger's current girlfriend of the time.
4: Well, he's anything but consistent, I guess.
3: It, it was a different time and place, a different era. Things like that were okay. permitted. Right here it is 81 power square which is really
4: 25 why why oh, can i ask you is there really a footbridge over there yeah well okay thanks yeah, that's all totally I'm made of feet you should have seen it they were
3: out of bricks but they had all these uh dead pakistanis so they used their feet it's a very cool footbridge here's the beetles here comes the beetle what is that oh it's mushrooms
4: now before i time. said an
3: acid trip but it's going to be a mushroom trip by the way
4: oh yeah well that's good it's healthier for you it's a better come down you don't really know it it's the acid <laughs> think of it i give you a mushroom it's a mushroom right if i give you yeah. a piece of blotter paper who knows who knows right
3: it could be d acid dilate 25 Tartre 25.
4: Damn it, I messed it up. It it, could be Tartre 25. But you don't know. We are messing up our jokes on this show today. I mean, our jokes would have been a lot funnier if we got it the first time.
3: Well, I think if we got it right the first time, it still might not have
4: been very funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm not saying that the quality of jokes are better. I'm just saying, like, the delivery would have been better.
3: (laughs) So now, uh, Chaz is trying to get in the door. And he's flicking the sound of forty-one quid on the speaker.
4: Ooh, that's a lot. Yes. That's it. Yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah. yeah, the basement.
4: Are you are you using money to uh, make music? I am. Well, huh, mm-hmm. makes sense.
2: <laughs>
3: we don't count our paper here. Okay, so he's basically checking out this house in which he's going to spend a lot of time.
4: Cool. Oh, so the movie basically resets.
3: Now, of course, I've never been inside of 25 Powis Square uh, because outside. I would just walk past it when I was going to my flat. We just walk right. past it. When you... I was on my way to my flat, my flat. Yeah, this is the second time you mentioned like a platform. Yeah. Nobody could ever live in my stomach because it's not a flat.
4: <laughs> no, that's a good one, girl.
3: <laughs> okay, I'm doing it. at the to open
4: my... <clears throat> live in my stomach. Oh, ah, the sound of us writing down jokes from the show. Yeah, and I should play great. you.
3: Okay, there's Anita. There's Anita. Now, Anita is the muse of the rolling stones now a lot of people were in their lives it's not like she's the only one or the most important one but she was a big part uh let me just tell you about this okay oh no that's not her here it is anita palenberg german italian she was an artist an actress a model whatever I, she's, she was called an it girl back then. You and I weren't around for it, but in London in the 60s and 70s, there was something called an it girl, and it was an attractive young woman, but and generally a celebrity. But they were perceived as both having like sex appeal and
4: personality that was very engaging, like they had
3: the whole package.
4: You know, I was born in London in
3: 1968, right? Oh, yes, mm-hmm. so she, like, been- um arnold arnold from uh different strokes
4: <laughs> no arnold from different strokes was born in february 68 i was born in october but i do i do use him as a barometer
3: because mm-hmm. it's both oh, london probably. that's why
4: well, growing up i would say wow i'm eight years old and i haven't started my own movie look at gary coleman he must be living the sweet life <laughs> yeah yeah now right growing now up.
3: he's still trying to talk her into it you know he's going to give her 41 quid and he says that he's a performer. He's a juggler, and uh, he need you know he's got bookings here in London, and he needs a place to be for a month or so. You know, so he's right. look. She will see how she opens her legs and everything there, and she's turning yeah. on the second heel. Okay. Um, Kallenberg was credited as the muse of the Rolling Stones. She was the romantic partner of Rolling Stones founder and musical instrumentalist Brian Jones. Brian Jones. About time yeah. we got it. David Bowie. And later, no, that was Davy Jones. And later from 67 to 1980, he was. she was the partner of Keith Richards. And she had three children with Keith Richards. She was in Barbarella. Oh, Leslie, was he? Was he Duran Duran? Barbarella, Barbarella with Jane Fonda. Barbarella. Okay, never mind that. For our show, what's important is she was one of those people in Candy. Those people where? Uh, the movie Candy with Ringo Starr. She was one of those Yes, yes. She was chasing her, uh, them on the motorcycle. Uh, finding them at, you know, holding them up at the airport, that lady.
4: I guess uh, I didn't like that movie when I was younger, but now that I'm a middle-aged man, I think it's a great film. Mm. Took a while. Okay,
3: Hauenberg first met the band in 65 in Munich when she she was working on a modeling assignment before they had made it big. Joan spoke German, so they began a friendship that turned into a two-year relationship. She recalled later they took a lot of acid during this time, but it caused Jones to have nightmares. She ended the relationship with Jones in 67 when he became violent towards her during huh. a vacation in Morocco. And then he was hospitalized. Well, he died two years later. But in Morocco, Keith Richards saw Jones assaulting Pallenberg, pulled her away, took her back to England, and she moved in with him. And she and Richards began a relationship that lasted
4: till 1980. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Now, have you have you read Keith Richards' memoirs? Like no. The no, I haven't. I wonder if it's worth a read. When I was
3: 15, the Rolling Stones were everything to me, and I read a bunch of books about them at the time. That, right. Uh I've since grown up.
4: <laughs> you uh so so you knew the story about Brian Jones drowning in yeah. a swimming pool and all that? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And, like, they kicked him out of the band. They should have just waited. He
0: was going to do it for them.
3: <laughs> right, it works with The Who. Okay. Um, although they were never married, Richard's lifestyle was not conducive to fatherhood. Uh, she was trying to raise their two young children, but Richards was up all night, slept all day. He eventually detoxed himself from drugs and stayed clean, but Hallenberg continued to use drugs. Now, as she's a mom... This is what ended their relationship, according to Richards in his 2010 autobiography. Maybe that's what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, I
4: am. Isn't it called, like, me? Something like that.
3: Now, look, you see the kissing, and okay, that is Mick with two women. All right. So, Mick probably had sex with Anita during this filming. That really probably happened. um, there were rumors that Pellenberg also had a brief affair with Jack during the filming of performance, and Keith Richards states it in his autobiography, that it did happen that way. Anita denies the affair, and she did so, like, every time she's ever had an interview. But Mick oh, doesn't deny the affair. He says, like, irritating stuff like, let's just leave that one shrouded in it a bit of mystery, I." I mean, there's all this stuff. Okay. Mick wasn't forthcoming on how the method acting sex scenes were between him and Anita. He just laughed and said, let's just leave it at the word mythical and let legend take hold.
5: Yeah, I asked right.
3: a lot of the other cast and crew, and they said it was about as method as you could get, which means he slept
4: with him. Well, you know, we mentioned this when we watched the last Nicholas Rock movie. The- uh, less than stellar full body massage from the nineties. Right, right. We we mentioned that he did a movie called Don't Look Back, and it's about Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie, and they're on uh, they're Americans in, in Europe, and their their child dies, and it's just the horror of that, and then some supernatural shit. But there's a sex scene which they, people swear it was realistic. It became like a legend that oh yeah 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 they really did it. Same director.
3: Yeah, same exact director. Now, what was that one called again? Don't look back. Okay, no, maybe it's called Don't Look Now. Don't look now. That's not that what I'm
4: thinking. That about. 1973, oh, yeah. and I mean, that was you, with Don. You, now, Trump. your your dead child is going to be in the uh, the canals. Oh <laughs> my goodness! You know, Don't Look Back
3: sounds like a better title because you don't, you know, the past. Yeah. past you know, right? or
4: Don't Look Back in Anger for sure
3: don't look back in anger Uh, okay here is the bath scene in which they the audience was screaming the water's dirty look look at the water it's dirty
4: this is the coolest bathroom i've ever seen in my entire life there's anita that's the shaming uh is she cutting her coke with sugar
3: i don't think so i think she's tying the ends of joints Make Look how this ash is just flicking into.
4: I can never do that. Like read a book or smoke a cigarette in a bathtub. It gets wet immediately.
3: I should just say that uh the, the woman in the tub, her name is Michelle Brenton. She's playing Lucy and she's French. And this is the only thing she was ever in ever. Look at Anita, man. Whoa! I know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, she's the full, she's the full Monty there. Nick. So we're now, looking at Nick was acting. He was not playing himself. He's not doing his own personality. He gets a lot of credit. Now, this is his first film ever, even though the uh, Kellys, Ned Kelly was released in 1970 ahead of this film. Ned Kelly,
4: that's right. What a weird movie that was. Yeah, we're the Kellys. Yeah.
3: And there's that great sexy scene where he's talking to a lady about men wearing beards, having a good proper beard. Okay, well, this film was shot ahead of that, but it really can't count as his first film because Ned Kelly
4: came out first. Ned Kelly Kelly is a phenomenal, I mean, that's such a great job he did.
3: Yeah, and I saw that, look at how they're putting the money on him. They're sticking quid notes, Bob notes on his, whoa, man, Anita, man, whoa. (laughs) She's taken,
4: dude.
3: She is taken by everyone. She was taken by Mick. She was taken by the director, Donald Camel, before she met Brian. Or no, maybe it was after. She was taken by Keith. Yeah. There's this great little kid in the film. He's there like once or place. And okay, so Chaz is calling his relative. And the relative will arrange for him like a passport to America. And that's
4: part of our plot. Right, because he killed the wrong guy at the wrong time.
0: That's
4: right. You're, gonna, you're going to Sicily, you're going to fall in love with a girl, and then we'll blow her up. Boom. And you'll come back and marry Kate. Okay. I gotta tell you,
3: Mike, the first time I ever saw this film, I was like, okay, whatever. The second time I saw the film, I was like, oh, I get it now. So much of the film I missed just because of the way they speak to each other. You know? That's a yeah. bit of all right. Like, the second time you watch the film, you mean, oh, he's appreciative of this bird, you know? So, I've I've seen this film, like, I don't remember how many times because it was interrupted. Okay, this might be my fifth time watching, might be my only my fourth time watching. Now I get, it, like, it's in my ear and in my brain, their Cockney accent. That's heroin. You see her shooting her butt? Yeah. That's geez. really real-life heroin Anita is doing. Real life
4: heroin, huh? Yeah. But she just did heroin in front of our face. I've never seen shot in the butt. Or like... Yeah, the first
3: time she uh ever tried going in her butt, it was she was just giving it a shot. Yeah. To see how it goes. Okay, that didn't, uh, that didn't no it didn't. that that joke was the bottom of the barrel. No, that didn't work. No, no. I've already yeah. done my crack in the mirror joke. You see how she's looking in the mirror? Yeah, right. We're, we're yeah. out of budget moves. i I going not play you that crack in the mirror joke. OK, now <laughs> he's being invited to meet Mick Jones Turner for the first time ever, the guy who he's paying rent
4: to. And Mick will not want him there. Mick will not want him there. Because Mick sees through him, right? He knows he's not. No, that's not why. He will eventually figure out that he is a,
3: um, officer. Yeah, but, but, uh, he's not who he says he is.
4: You know, these shots, they're like far away and they're up front and then there's something else in the background. It's just no
3: No, That's Noel. uh, uh, How do you say his name? Noel? Doing his job. It's not Noel. Nicholas Roeg. Yeah, yeah, Roeg. That's him doing his job. I mean, he was an accomplished uh, cinematographer at that point.
4: Yeah. Okay, do you want to hear my open mic joke? You have the tape? Uh, Yeah, you couldn't hear it before. Of course, that's the joke. Okay, okay, okay.
3: Okay, so so there's a cook-off, right? It was. Oh darn!
4: No, that wasn't. Damn it! Damn it! People always accuse me of ripping off people's material. I'm like, hey, yeah. Maybe I lived in I'm from Russia, and TV watches you. Boom! In Soviet Russia.
3: (laughs) I found the joke. I found the joke. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. I did the Peter Bus joke too. Here we go. I come home and my I I got my wife this nice full-length mirror for the bedroom. I come home, she's up in the bedroom changing. she's like this mirror is cracked. You have to return this mirror. There's a crack in it right there. So I go over and I look. She says right there. I I said. Sweetheart,
4: if you would put on some pants, it wouldn't be a crack in the mirror. I don't know, what do you think? I'm trying to listen to that audience reaction, man. You were very brave for playing that. (laughs) (laughs) So now all Mick Jagger is doing here is saying, There's
3: been a mistake. You'll have
4: to go. He's saying, I'm sorry, but 7-Eleven is closed right now. I just put on my uniform granted, but we're not open. Is your 41
3: Bob back. Look, he ashed on his, his
4: rug. He goes, that's
3: 250 years old. I thought it was an antique. He doesn't like them. Okay. Wow. So then... He thinks up a lie real quick that right. all of his stuff is being shipped to this address. Look at his red hair, man. It's just crazy. It's It's frozen because he's painted himself. Yeah, I mean, is he doing that so people won't recognize him? Yes, that's what he did on the run. But the thing is, if there was paint in your hair, wouldn't you immediately want to get it out as
4: soon as you could? Honestly, I would probably feel burning sensation yeah, right. So he, that little kid who we see, he asks him
3: to go and buy him some turpentine. So you can't even just get it out with water. He's going to have to put turpentine on his hair, on his skull.
4: Yeah, I watched his video going viral. Oh, hey, guys, uh, don't forget to <laughs> describe it's uh, Today I'm going to put paint in my hair. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Well, you do you remember that it went viral but this poor woman put... Uh, gorilla glue in her hair i didn't see that yeah it became a thing they, they actually got a, a a doctor to take care of it gorilla who gorilla, gorilla glue. Glue. not not the weed strain the actual gorilla. Glue.
3: so the writer was hanging around during the film of this and he he swears mick was not being himself uh this dropout character wasn't Mick at all. A more dedicated guy you couldn't wish to meet. So he wasn't playing himself. He apparently worked hard on the role.
4: Good. Well, what else do we know Mick Jagger, the actor?
3: Yeah, no, he's definitely... Okay, so I have his history here, but only... You know Mick Jagger so well that I didn't to tell you. Well, he was in Rolling student. I just have here what movies he's been in. Yeah, yeah, that's all I'm interested in. Okay, okay, okay. Uh Jagger had an intermittent acting career. His most specific, significant role was this one, according to the the and he was in Ned Kelly, the Australian. Wasn't uh Yahoo Serious doing the Ned Kelly thing right? Didn't he have yeah, a movie?
4: He I think he had a Ned Kelly movie as well, for Yahoo Serious. Okay.
3: Jagger auditioned for the role of Frank and Furter, Frank for, in, in in Rocky Horror, but he didn't oh. get it. Tim Curry got it. Um, I don't know if we could have handled it. Tim Curry kicked its ass.
4: You know, so I I told you I was born in London, but my parents, in the swinging 60s in London, went to see Rocky Horror Show. Uh Uh-huh. And with the picture O'Brien version. Not the picture show, the show, the the live stager.
3: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um,
4: Let's see, that was... The the
3: original performer in its theatrical run uh, run in London's West End was Tim Curry, so he got the part. Oh. Um, also, that same year, actually, they considered him for Dune, you know, the Frank Herbert book. The monster. Yes, too. Yeah, he was himself in the Ruddles film. Uh... Oh, the Ruddles. Oh. Yeah, he was in it as himself. There was a film called Free Jack, in which he played the bad guy.
4: That's right. Wasn't that uh, Emilio Estevez or? It was.
3: And um, I heard
4: that's a good movie. I keep forgetting to watch that movie for the last 40 years.
3: Uh, it is not a good movie. You oh. will be entertained. You, If you saw that film, you would. And there's that guy who, oh gosh, he's a famous actor. I know his face. He was in... Um, uh, he was in Scrooged with Bill Murray, and the guy gets in the taxi and goes, take me to so and so set, and he goes, what floor? That funny guy was in the film.
0: Oh, um,
4: David Johansson?
3: Yes, yes. Free Jack, it was called, and he was the bad guy. But he was also the bad guy in Bent in 97. He was the bad guy in a film I never saw called The Man from Elysian Fields. Elysian? Elysian? Yes. Elysian? So he also did some co-producing, uh,
4: like okay, let's see here. Jagger you, you was might host- have mentioned his greatest acting role. What? The David Bowie video, Dancing in the Streets.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's, that's his ass that's, off. I remember Family Guy did a parody of it by just showing the entire video in its entirety, <laughs> and that was it. It was four minutes of Family Guy. Was that fucking video?
3: Listen, I saw that movie back uh, video back in the day and everything. I really don't know it well, but I do know that song, and I think they did a good version.
4: I they mean, did a pretty- version of it, you know. I mean, it, it was well produced, and it just didn't seem necessary. And you know, they,
3: uh, I was just gonna say that if there was ever a song that didn't need remaking, it's yeah. that
4: one. You know? Yeah, the song is perfect. You don't really need to. Right. You know, when- they kind of do the shtick that like Steve Martin does where Steve Martin and like Alec Baldwin are hosting or he's there with Martin Short. He's like, they're like, hey, we're wacky. You remember us? Yeah, look at him taking it out with turpentine. That, that think that's close to his eyes. Course, it must really hurt. These actors, I mean, I don't get it, but it must really hurt. It looks good. Look at him. Why is he what is what is the director doing? As, see,
3: this guy Turner, who's Mick Jagger was a former pop star okay and he gave up being a pop star about 10 years earlier and it'll be explained to us by anita later that he lost his demon he lost his demon i don't know it's oh god my mojo baby right right it is his they represent his mojo by calling it a demon and he's been here in this house for 10 years. I mean, he goes out and stuff. But, I mean, he's been living here in 10 years doing nothing. Just living off his money because he's trying to get his demon back. Now, look how the boy is in a skirt, unless I'm wrong, and that's a girl.
4: Well, let's listen to the boy speak. Let the kid speak.
3: Hey, so Sounds like a boy to me.
4: Yeah, well, I, let me check my English to English dictionary, see what the fuck they're saying.
3: Oh, by the way, do you hear the music in the background? Right. The Rolling Stones were supposed to do this soundtrack. But the thing is, Keith Richards knew that they were up there doing sex scenes together, and he was pissed off about it. And he refused. He would not do the soundtrack. Okay. It was intended that the Rolling Stones would write the soundtrack due to the complicated nature of various relationships off-screen. Huh. This never happened. That's the end it. It was rumored that Anita Pallenberg in the relationship with Keith Richards and Mick Jagger played out sexual scenes for real. When Richards heard the rumors, he apparently took to sitting in a car outside the house where the film was being shot. So right now, it could, you know, as the guy goes roll him, Keith Richards might be outside being jealous um and this did not do a very healthy thing for jagger and richard's musical chemistry and the soundtrack came together from another of sources he was angry about the sex scenes refused to play rye cooter filled Uh him now there's a lot of slide guitar stuff which was rye cooter's signature and but but keith richard's did it all the time too. So you can tell they were trying to be the Rolling Stones, and some of the Rolling Stones members are playing on this
4: soundtrack. Is the late Charlie Watts on it? He um, was probably. He was probably slapping the skins. Yeah.
3: Listen, last open night, M- Mike, I did your tickle the ivories joke. Uh huh. Like, I did that Peter Best, but Peter Better was horrible drummer. And I did uh, the Crack in the Mirror. And
4: uh, I
3: forget what else, but you, I have a staff of writers, and his name is Mike Spiegelman.
4: Hey, listen, you know what? We do comedy because we, we have to, you know, <laughs> it's his passion. So if your passion is to do my jokes, that go and drive over to Mike, waiting two hours and do my jokes, then, you know, that's your passion. What can I tell you?
3: So he calls up his his, um, relative again, and the relative's like, good news. It's all set. It's all set. He's got the passport. He's going to get you on this ship that will sail to America. Everything is cool. The only thing is he needs a passport photo, okay? So now Chaz is going to be on a mission
4: to get a passport photo. This movie just ratchets up the suspense
3: yeah that's right i need a passport photo yeah this this movie called scavenger hunt Hello, <laughs> <mate>. <laughs> now you need yourself one you get your pearly whites all polished because you got to do a picture right
4: <laughs> everything looks so cool yeah you know like sometimes you we were talking about how generations get envious of previous generations but yeah It looks, I mean, it doesn't look like great living, but it looks great. You know, like you're like, you
3: should love the 80s, Carl. Stop fantasizing, wishing you were born in the, you know, lived through the
4: 60s. The 80s was your time. There was no Devo in the 60s. There was no B-52s. Right. Yeah. What about the B-50?
3: What about your, uh, your love for the B-52s? Here's two George Harrisons walking through
4: the door. Oh, yeah, look at that. the George Harrison twins. Hello. I'm George. I'm Harrison. But George Harrison produced a lot of movies. He had a, a label, a something called Hemsdale. They yeah. did, like, time uh, bandits and shit like that. So yeah. A, recently a documentary about it. It's supposed to be interesting. I mean.
3: <clears throat> One thing I can tell you, and I don't know if it's interesting, is um, the Beatles did let it be at Twickham Studios, and we saw that uh, gangster movie when they're all kids. That was done at Twickham Studios. Oh, Bugsy.
4: Part- yeah,
3: right. And parts of uh, this were shot in Twickham. Is that interesting?
4: Huh, that's uh, interesting. It's like the, the Georgia of its day.
3: So now they're like, what the bleating hell happened to your hair? Because
4: oh, he's trying to get the red out. You're not a redhead. You don't smell like gasoline anymore. What's up? Yeah. He goes, this is my
3: natural hair. I'm trying to rework my image as a juggler. Now, Mike, if you saw a guy with painted hair, you would right. you would think that's his natural
4: color. It's ridiculous. I would kind of, even in the 60s, say that, that looks like red paint. Right. I mean, even in the 60s, I would probably guess it.
3: Now, Anita replaced a pregnant Marianne Faithfull. Now, you heard of Marianne Faithfull?
4: Yes, oh. I have, Carl. Just because I listened to Devo and 80s stuff doesn't mean I, I'm not familiar <laughs> with
3: Don't insult me. Don't condescend me. Don't
4: you condescend to me.
3: <laughs> well, uh, she was a big star in England, and she was Mick Jagger's girlfriend. He, They did a song that they wrote. She did a song they wrote called As Time Goes By, which maybe isn't the greatest song, but, you know, when it's playing, you like it, you know? And uh, she was a big part of... Remember I said Anita was not the only Stones muse? Marianne Faithful was another one One of them. them. She just was in their circle. She was... I wouldn't call it an entourage or clique because they weren't hangers-on. They were contributors. You know, Anita criticized Beggar's Banquet's mix. Mick went back and remixed the whole thing because of it. They really she was a very smart person i know she was all up on drugs and she was right. young but she had a brain and she everybody who you know i read about her on the internet raves about how quick and sharp she was how let's hear her talk a
4: little she's, bit she's she's no older than the rolling stones I mean. no, no rolling that's stones. right she's contemporary with them she's just a bird like like guys do get the credits and women are just kind of no
3: Mike don't be like that they're oh, not the Rolling Stones box. they are totally getting the credit I'm telling you all the things people are raving about she right. was an actress and a model and the, uh, the parent of Keith Richards children she and Marianne Faith will absolutely get credit for their contributions <laughs> and being part of the Rolling Stones scene um, they are not marginalized because they are women
4: Listen, I'm trying to think of, like, pop culture moments with the Rolling Stones. They okay. did a movie called Cocksuckers Blues, right? But it's never released.
3: Uh, I don't know that. It sounds familiar.
4: You Well, you got to see that the the documentary of Alamont, whatever. I, I saw that. It's on the streaming services.
3: Yeah. They hired the Hells Angels to do security. And the Hells Angels were being the Hells Angels.
4: And they, they killed, killed the Black Man. You get to watch yeah, it. That's right. It's strange, too, because there's a, a really good documentary on Hulu about a uh, Harlem uh, music festival that happened the same year as Woodstock. It mm-hmm. lasted several weeks, and uh, they had the Black Panthers doing security, and no one was hurt. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
3: Now, okay, the Black Panthers are a misunderstood group because you see them with guns. They were a very... Uh, gosh, what is the word? They really genuinely and authentically cared they had their integrity for yeah. they they started this thing called the free breakfast program and they did it in many cities yeah um, and that was listen you take your poor, poor black children down to this little cafeteria and they'll feed you before you go to school so that you can have your brain on right while you're in school right. They did this in Watts in Chicago. They did it in Los Angeles um, in, uh, it wasn't called Compton. It was, I forget, they did it in Harlem when Harlem wasn't Columbia University and gentrified when Harlem was the real Harlem. They did it in many places around the country.
4: Yeah, and they they were able to do security without killing someone. uh, Yes. Or concert.
3: Well, I mean, the Hells Angels, there's nothing there except we like to dress up and be bikers. We like to be criminals and sell crank, you know? It right. wasn't like the Black Panthers who were born out of a real true need uh, in a society. Uh, the Hells Angels were having fun and being ba- vagabond. Uh, that's not the word. They, they weren't, they, Hells Angels didn't come from a good place, they came from a shitty place.
4: You know, have you have you seen Jesus and the Black Messiah? Uh, Black Jesus? And the, uh, what was that movie? The the one with uh, the guy won an Oscar for it.
3: Oh, a movie! I thought you were asking me if I had really seen the Black Messiah.
4: No, uh, <laughs> Black Jesus, Judas and the Black Messiah is called. It's really okay, well. Okay, should
3: I watch it?
4: Yeah, I would absolutely recommend it. It's really I'm well going Netflix, it Judas and the Black Messiah. If you have the HBO Max, it's an HBO Max movie.
3: You know, I don't pay for HBO Max. I sign up for the free trial and they're on to me. They're on to me.
4: Oh, they're like, hey, buddy. Yeah.
3: Sorry. D- don't, nice try using a different credit card. Sorry.
5: <laughs> All right.
4: This is the eighth day. Sorry. <laughs> That's how I saw
3: the last uh, thing of Game of Thrones. Okay. Wait. Judas and
4: the. It was, it, it premiered. Uh as a first-run movie on HBO Max, and it's now on regular rotation, but it's excellent.
3: Okay, I've got to come back to the film. He went up there with his cleaned-up hair, and he said, I need to change my image. I need a photo to change my image. And what he's really trying to do is get that passport photo. So then they dress him up in this silly, posh outfit... And they take all pictures of him and stuff. And he's just playing along, trying to get to the chance of passport photo, you know? Right. Nick, remember Joey Maddox whipped him on the back? Yeah, I do. Okay, he's had these open scars that are infected all this time. Has that been a week and a half or so? And he hasn't had them attended. Mick finally saw them, and Anita's, like, cleaning them up with... Um, uh, uh, para, uh what do you call that foamy stuff Hydra, hydro oh, mr bubbles yeah with mr bubbles because you know that kills bacteria just like neosporin and he's saying i would like a plain photo just a black and white photo just of my shoulders and head and then mick is like oh you mean a passport photo and he looks all caught you know <laughs> Listen to this cool, bluesy thing Mick is
1: doing.
4: Why you gotta be so
1: rude?
4: Right here, right
1: now.
3: Now, Mick is doing something very minimalist, right? He's doing mostly singing and drum beating, but then he'll pluck out a note or a chord i got to tell you, Mike, what's really going on is Mick Jagger was a very novice guitar player in 1968. And so he is being creative, hardly playing the guitar. Right. Does he play guitar as as a band By the 1970s, the mid-70s, Mick Jagger was a guitarist as good as others, you know, he was. But in 1968, no, he was their front man and singer. And he left the guitar to Brian Jones, who did it so damn well. And you know Keith Richards can play.
0: So
2: I I saw
3: Keith Richards was in this Pirates of the Caribbean, and they tried to talk Mick into doing it too, but he he turned it down because he thought it was silly. So I YouTubed it because I'm researching this movie, and it was a terrible scene. It was a silly, silly scene. Oh, the scene's available? Yeah, if you put in Keith Richards, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and then the name of the movie, it was like the third movie. Sure. Uh, you'll find the clip. And it doesn't, nothing about it says, he already looks like a goddamn pirate, you know what I mean? Nothing about it says, cool, here's Keith Richards as a pirate. He already looks like a damn
4: pirate. Right, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course. You know, it, they probably were very enthusiastic. That, I mean, During the time, a lot of the pirates... DVD sales were like huge. So if you had mm-hmm. a DVD extra where you had Mick Jagger on set, you yeah. could sell D V D off of that. Yeah. Or you would say hours of exclusive that yeah, you know, I've been looking through my old DVDs and they'll say we have over three hours of exclusive uh uh bonuses. And it's like an hour and a half of it is a commentary track. <laughs> oh,
3: they count that, of course. Yeah, they it's count the entire the movie
4: length as part of the bonus. Double the
3: movie. Look at Anita, she is beautiful. And she's so sexually suggestive. Did you see how she just scratched her crotch? Yeah. But she knows the cameras on her. She was a very smart person. And she's really being an actress here. Okay, now when, Mac, when Mick learned about the passport, he realizes this guy isn't who he pretends to be. So they slipped him magic mushrooms as they were helping him. With his back being all hurt, and so now right. he's about to go on this big trip,
4: man. Well, I gotta get uh, more coffee. I'll be right back.
3: But I i have to get more coffee. Okay, go
4: ahead. All right, and then you get more. Coffee.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so now, audience, he's just admiring. Like I've, you know, the table's pretty. I've never looked at a flame this way before. He's tripping out. How much? He's going to buy it from Turner. Oh, there's a crack in the mirror, and it's Chaz's butt. Chaz's real name is Johnny. Look how they horribly taped up his uh, back, taped a pad on it. So he's tripping right now, but it's not the most intense part. You know, it's just begun, and they're really going to learn about him now. Um, Now, Anita got this role, but Mia Farrow, not only was Marianne faithful, going to have the role but she was pregnant they also considered nia farrow who was absolutely about london at this time she was all with the beatles and everything i'm sorry i'm wrong she was going to play the part of lucy that was played by that french uh actress you're back mike i can hear
4: you can hear me you can hear me
3: breathing but tuesday weld and Mia farrow were somehow injured before the filming started uh, so, so Anita just fell into this part and it was perfect
4: Wait, were you saying that Tuesday Weld was going to take this role or Mia Yeah,
3: yep. Tuesday Weld was going to play Anita's part and Mia Farrow was going to be the French one now look they're finding his gun and he's because he's tripping he's open about it he's letting them know that he is a gangster and this has been a scam but he's not doing it like a confession they're they're just intuitively putting two into what's the word D- inductive they're inductively figuring it out
4: wow yeah yeah
3: boy anita changed her whole outfit now
4: yes yeah, she, she went into the mixed closet but i mean she's even changed her hairstyle am i wrong about that yeah i guess you're right
3: Maybe it was part of the trip. He's starting to get deep into the trip now
0: yeah. So
3: they they're performers. He was performing while he was acting. He was performing when he pretended to be a juggler. Mick used to perform. And now, Mick is dressed up as like a gangster guy.
4: Oh, they're going to do a performance?
3: They are, but the thing is, you don't see it. You see, after after the film was shown, as you know, Warner Brothers said, fuck that. They were like, even destroy the negative. But somebody had their brain on and said, let's just try to recut this thing. Let's give it six months and come back to it. So, they cut out a lot of crap, a lot of, I wouldn't call it crap, it wasn't crap, but they cut out a lot of scenes to make it shorter and to get to Mick Jagger quicker. That was a big part of the cutting. Now, look how much he's tripping now. They're dressing them all up. Right. Right. So Mick has this whole thing in which he sings a song, before MTV, it was very rock video, as this gangster person. Now, if you go on YouTube, you can find it. If you put in performance and you put in, um, what was it called, Mick? It's not in front of me right now. I forget what the name of the song is, but you can catch it. And it's not good, but
4: it's... Now, as a music video, so, you know, you had mentioned that the Stones kind of kiboshed doing the soundtrack. Because, yeah. Uh, did Mick, Mick, did. He, did like, Mick contribute to the soundtrack, at least? Yes. Well, he's
3: singing that song, and that song appears on the soundtrack. Um, Mick did contribute. I don't know the full story, but I know that the Stones, at least, uh, you know, bass and drums, were playing back up to Rye, Rye Cooter. Right. and. That um, lots of slide guitars on it and Mick is on it. It was really Keith who said, Screw this, that's my girlfriend. You just can't bang my girlfriend. Listen, you can bang anybody in the world. All the birds want you. Why are you banging my girl?
4: Why does, why does Keith Richards sound a lot like Owen Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of re- blame to go around. There's other women.
3: Hey. Why do you gotta bang my girl?
4: <laughs> there you go. British Edward Wilson. Now,
3: didn't During he... the but... filming, uh, Donald Camell allegedly encouraged the cast to take drugs and mingle sexually to get them into the mood and atmosphere. Yeah. But why did he need to do that? Okay. Now, uh, Anita is sort of half-teasing him that, like, about being, he's like uh, being homophobic. I feel like a man all the time. You're like a girl with your (laughs) tits.
4: He's going to
0: freak.
4: I got to read up about this. The history sounds really interesting. Yeah. And I should check out that other guy's movies like see what else he did. Not really, well, I've not... got
3: a lot of him in my Netflix queue now, and Oh, you did yes, I did. and he goes on he's not really the director here, but he's got his toe half in the water dipped in the water, you know he will after this film become a director as you and I know
4: yeah look
3: what now he's it? gonna get homophobic
4: All oh, right, there's his tits on him That's awful. He's got tits on the brain
3: yeah, there's a oh, there isn't a crack in that mirror. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to return this nip mirror, there's a nipple in it. <laughs> if I went to the shop and said this mirror's got a crack, well, then I got a fighting chance. But oh, if I say cool. there's a nipple in this mirror, why am I gonna return it?
4: Yeah, that doesn't work. Cracking the mirror works. There's Jeez. a crack in the bed, you see that? Yeah, oh, holy shit. Okay, now
3: the French girl will be the one to sleep with Chaz. I guess not yet. That's still Anita. Boy, they're just fucking with him, you know? He's tripping and trying to see who he really is, you know? We know you've been fooling us with your act.
4: Well, with your red hair and then suddenly your red hair disappears. Yeah clothes smell better I, I, don't, I don't understand what are you and doing
3: you want a passport <laughs> and you had so much money to throw at us you see he went there for 41 quid and they said well then there's this charge that charge in a month's rent and blah 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 And he ended up giving him 137 quid
4: he's never met a hippie
3: before no no this is that's right now look he's violent. It's all part of the trip though. Oh, now he's learning about how Mick is no longer a performer because he lost his demon. My mojo, my libido. Right. Look at him with his makeup
4: on his eye eyeliner makeup. Okay, Mick Jagger act. Uh I'm Mick Jagger and I lost my mojo. No one's going to believe
3: it. He's overhearing them. He's got a recording studio, and apparently there's a mic in the room, and he can hear himself being talked about. That's what's going on there. This wig will remain on him for the rest of the film, and it will get really fucked up looking.
4: All right. Looking forward to it. Jagger, what'd you think of the Ruttles? Oh, the Ruttles—they uh, were our main competition during the 1960s. And cut, great, 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 great parody. Great job.
3: Good job. Thanks for being in the film. The, the Ruttles ripped off the monkey. The Ruttles ripped off the monkeys. Thank oh,
4: that's for hilarious. Being in
3: the film. Tripping, tripping, tripping. Okay,
4: and that's cut. Eric Idle. Uh, let's get more of Lord Michaels' friends in front of the camera. Hi, I'm Dan Aykroyd. I'm a big fan of the Ruttles. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You watch the ruttles. Like you you hear the ruttles and like, you know, when you're a kid, you become a Beatles fan and then you say, Oh my god, they made fun of the Beatles, and you get into the ruttles and you're like, Oh, yeah. your mother should go, should go. ouch right.
3: You're breaking my heart. Ouch. Yeah. Me apart. ouch! 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 Ouch.
4: Look at <laughs> Jesus. And then they made that terrible video uh documentary.
3: That was done by a Monty Python guy. It was Eric Idle. Ah, yes,
4: yes, yes, yes. And he, uh, he I've got, uh, the name is right in front of me, of course, but the Bonzo Duda Dogman, I think, was, worked with them.
3: I, I did see the Ruddles. I remember it in detail, but I don't know that I. Not very. I'd have to see it again. Now, look, he doesn't have a lightsaber. He has a fluorescent light. But the, I don't understand how it's being lit. Now, with a fluorescent light bulb, you can be touching some electricity and touch the uh, prongs to it, and it illuminates. Maybe that's what's going on.
4: Well, I, I remember there was some tubes with batteries in it. Oh, that, so maybe it's just like a like.
3: You hear how Rolling Stones it sounds?
4: Yeah. Oh man! I guess you really have to be a fan of his. No, it's plugged in that 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 fight. He's Plugged in. Okay. He's so bizarre looking, Mick Jagger. You know,
3: his eyes look far away and distant and lost. Right. His lips don't work for his face. He's so weird.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's there's people who have talent who have looks, and there's people who have looks who just get get what they. Yes, do. right.
3: So now he's saying you forgot to call your friend. The lie was he had to call his agent and give him a publicity photo, which was really the passport.
4: Which is the what? passport so he can get out of town.
3: Right. So he's saying you forgot to call your agent. And when he calls, he really calls his relative. As you know, we've seen the relative throughout the film. He's going to help him out with this passport. But the mobsters put two and two together and they got to the relative. Oh. So here he's calling them. You hear that stereotypical phone ring of England.
4: Boop, boop. <laughs> boop, boop. Well, he's sitting the comedy phone, you know, back before <laughs> phone with his hand. Hey, you ever been on the phone and you're like holding the phone like this?
3: Boop, boop. first time i ever heard that was pink floyd
4: all oh, right boop.
3: so every time i hear the english ring i i expect to hear hello this is the united <laughs> states calling are we reaching this is
4: pink This is floyd so
3: that was the only joke of the film he goes i've got the passport photo right here and then you take a look at it and it's him looking stupid in the wig <laughs> i've oh, changed that's... me look <laughs>
4: So this movie has a sense of humor.
3: No, that's the only joke. That's the only joke. (laughs) Care for a lark. Right. See, the gangsters are in the room with the husband and wife relative.
4: That's kind of ominous. Yeah. I like the the camel on top of her uh, nightstand.
3: That's because it was Donald Camel, the director. Oh, a lot of history. This is shot right now in Twickham Studios. This little apartment they're in, their bedroom.
4: Gotcha. With the members-only jackets.
3: <laughs> no, there's no such thing. Look at that guy, that's total members-only. Then members-only ripped him off. Yeah, you see how it has those
4: little button clips you don't yeah. need on the shoulders? For what? And then Sears ripped off that guy's jacket. <laughs>
1: Look at it's that! Got a sucker suit.
4: <laughs> Loud and proud I am. My suit is. Uh-oh. Oh, these camels.
3: Yeah, there's uh, the, the Egypt. So, uh, it's not interesting what's happening on screen. Maybe I'll
4: tell you some more. Oh, he's doing film on film, where you see uh, a film about film. It's not film, film. though. It's 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 in 3D, right?
3: Right, because of two. Yeah. uh, Your eyes are... Okay, Sandy Liberson was the producer. So it was Sandy, Donald, and Nick Roig. So he's talking here. There was a real closeness between Nick Donald and myself. I didn't realize at the time, but Donald was depressive. He would have bouts of really deep depression. Nick understood the process of filmmaking and the industry. He was part of it. Donald was always an outsider, and that made it hard for him. By the way, Donald Kamel would go on to kill himself. It would be 1996. He was a very troubled person who did great work despite all of his issues and problems. He was a painter, which makes sense, right? He was a writer, and he was then to become a director and I just praise him for living with his demons and still being productive, even though he was, another person
4: would be a basket case. Yeah, and unfortunately, I guess it's not like the demons took over. Yeah, yeah, but it took a lot of years. It took a lot of years.
3: Um, Okay, so Sandy's also, the producer's also saying... Uh, I knew before I saw Mick on screen that it would work, but once I saw him in character, it really became clear it was gonna be exciting and interesting to have him. Okay, we were a bit nervous because he was surrounded by people telling him, why do you wanna be a movie actor? And why do you wanna work in a film with a novice director? We worried that he might have second thoughts he wasn't due on set for a few weeks, so we got him to come down early anyway and filmed him for a day, spray painting a wall and various fits and bobs. That way he could see how good he looked on camera. And it kind of committed him emotionally and intellectually to the film. And Sandy admits here, he goes, it was a deliberate ploy. Ah. They didn't want to lose their star before they even started filming.
4: No, and it makes perfect sense. And then obviously they reused some of that footage, but uh, to have Mick Jagger look at himself is a great way of getting involved.
3: Sandy reports there was another 15 minutes of interesting material, but we had to cut it at the insistence of Warner Brothers to get Mick on the screen
4: earlier. It all got lost. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, speaking of HBO Max, I did watch the the Space Jam movie, and uh, part of the criticism is that in the the final Space Jam bout, the audience, the AI creates uh, polls characters from Warner Brothers movies. Uh-huh. So for a kids film, you have like Ken Russell's The Nuns show up, which is a film they won't show in England, in America. Uh-huh. Uh, there's Pennywise. There's uh, the Basque shows up, but there's like all uh, the droops show up. So I'm sure that if they can get, like, Mick Jagger in there, he would be in there. Uh, I gotcha. So it doesn't matter about, like, you know, it has this controversy and this film took two years to get released and re-edited. Right. And they can use it for whatever they want. Right.
3: Absolutely. They can intercut it to other stuff. No problem.
4: Uh Uh-huh. Like, if they wanted to, this would be in Space Jam.
3: okay i said he would have the wig on the whole time but apparently he was just in bed with the french girl with it off so i apologize now look she goes look i'm out of shampoo oh no she's french she doesn't say it she doesn't speak that no. way. she goes i am out of shampoo go downstairs and fetch it for me i've got to go too
2: Oh, man. Shampoo.
3: He goes. She goes. Oh, meld, which is the only thing you tell a French person to say because it's the only right. word you know. I what... shampoo. Fetch mm-hmm. it for me. Oh, I'm doing English again. I am out the shampoo, Monsieur. <laughs> There's your French. Now look at how Chaz has changed. He was the gangster, and now he's a freak man. So who should he find? The
4: gangsters, his old boys.
3: Hello, Chaz. They look at them, and they don't comment.
4: Yeah, everyone's had an acid bender, you know?
3: Yeah.
4: Uh, Some of these like, guys are real gangsters, by the way. It seems like Monday morning. Wait, what? Work? Yeah. Yeah, it's time for work. What?
3: I just dressed up. Yeah, I'm just playing dress up. No, it's not. the. It's the weekend. You're coming to see me on the weekend when I'm up
4: weekend warrior freak yeah weekend warrior
3: so he says give me a minute to do what i gotta do or we're gonna have a fight we're gonna have a gun battle so he goes oh we've got a minute Chaz. no problem
4: (laughs) well i tell you this movie is definitely one of our better films because i this is the first time i'm looking at the time we only have like six minutes left yeah so this battle got to go. That's impressive, man.